Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's dare to move. To the Dare to Move podcast. I am so excited to be here today from my childhood bedroom in Fishers, Indiana. <laughs> the Teeth Saga continues. So I am recording this the day before you hear it. I have met with an orthodontist and an endodontist. And the funniest part about all of this is that if you saw me in person, my teeth would look totally normal. So for all of you listening, appreciate and love your teeth today because you just never know <laughs> what's going to happen. Um, but I'm okay. This is all good stuff that I can get taken care of and be super healthy. And the reason I care to share that I'm in my childhood bedroom is I was thinking about all... So on this podcast, if you're a listener, you already know this, but if you're new, you know that... Or I would like you to know that... This podcast, this season, season two, is all about the inner work and how our inner work transforms our outer reality. And inner work is synonymous in my mind with the word stillness. So the Dare to Move podcast is now being juxtaposed with a season on stillness. How exciting. And if you started with me on day one, season one, I think on Apple, it looks like an unknown season, but it was all about doing and interviewing people about raising money and how they launched their business about a lot about like action, action, action. And I got this gut instinct or download to talk about stillness in season two for 2020, just because I was going through it on my own and realizing like, wow, if I really slow down, I can figure so much out about myself on the inside. And then a, I'm not triggered by things on the outside and B, I get to be the creator of my reality versus the victim of my life. So before I go any further, I have to say, if you did not listen to Sunday's episode on what are triggers, please go do that. Your mind will be blown. I've been getting great feedback on that. And um, it's probably one of my favorite episodes to date. But why I'm sharing with you that I'm in my childhood bedroom is because so many of my clients on the subject of like doing or launching the podcast or starting to write the book or going after the business, there's always fear, right? Fear gives us pause. We overthink, we overanalyze, we try to know the how right away. And if you had told me when I was thinking about starting a podcast, oh, you're probably going to have to do an episode from your childhood bedroom. I mean, I don't think it would have worried me, but it might have, it might worry someone else, right? So just knowing that if you're committed to something and you care about it, you will find a way, even if you're in your childhood bedroom, because it matters to you. And if that sentiment is resonating with you, please do go listen to the the podcast. It was pretty recently called Need Versus Should. I will link that in the show notes because it talks a lot about how when we feel we have to do something because we should, because our boss thinks this or our parents think this, then we become procrastinators. And when we are uh, loving what we're doing and passionate, it feels like, oh my gosh, I have to do this thing. It's happening right now and I I gotta go. Like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna jump out of bed in the morning for it. Now, 
I do need to do another podcast on um, the word need in some respects, just because we don't want to go into lack mentality. So on the wealth consciousness side, if you've listened to those episodes, we don't want to ever feel like we want. Um, One of my favorite books, if you're a client, you know what I'm talking about, um, is about how we should say we desire and not we want. Because want or need can sometimes signify that we don't have, which the ego loves that. And anyway, I'm on a tangent. But go check out Need Versus Should if you are wondering why you're procrastinating. Check out the Triggers podcast. And all of this, again, guys, is under the umbrella of stillness, which is our inner work. And today, we're diving deep into that because one of the hardest questions for me was, who are you? For a really long time. And I was so kind of avoidant of that question that I was like, well, why don't I just get really good at answering the question, what do you do? But if you've listened to all my other episodes, I've shared numerous times that with my portfolio lifestyle for about three solid years, I could not answer that question either. What do you do? Because I'm like, well, some days I like to say, yeah, I do real estate brokerage because I used to do that. But while I was doing that, I could have also answered, I'm a fitness instructor because I did that. I could have answered, I'm an author because I did that. And it was just like too many things. Now, what's so funny is the deeper you go, the more things make sense. Now, if I had dared to go a little deeper in stillness work back then, I would have understood that my identity should not be about my career. (laughs) It's like one tiny percentage of who I am, right? So today we're going to dive into that question in case you are either struggling with it within yourself or when people ask you that. Um, If you're like, Garrett, I've never even thought about answering that question. No one's asked me. Um, Please do still listen because not having a strong sense of identity can challenge you in your decision-making making process. It can challenge you in your creative mindset and also any bit of you that needs to put work out into the world, you will struggle if you don't know who you are. Because in order to put your work, whether you're becoming a painter or a new life coach or a musician or a therapist, you have to have a voice, right, on social media. And our voice comes from our identity of who we are. So this podcast, I hope, will be super helpful for you. And if you are interested in reading this, this is also a podcast, um, or it's also a blog that I published yesterday. Well, the day I'm recording it, Tuesday. So we're going to go through this. And if you are struggling um, to find yourself, another really good way to figure out who you are as like a level one, let's call it, is also a podcast you've probably hopefully listened to called How to Find Yourself Through Relationships. So if you haven't listened to the trigger episode or How to Find Yourself Through Relationships, which by the way, it's not what it sounds. It's not about your boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, go listen to those first. Okay, cool. Let's get started. Step, there's four steps. One of them has seven tabs underneath it. So let's get going. The first step is awareness of space and time. So to answer the question of who are you, we want to consider who we are in space and time. And this question actually, or this notion makes the question a lot simpler, right? So technically you are an earthling, you are inhabiting planet earth in our specific galaxy in the year 2020. And you might be laughing, but we do have to start somewhere. So where are you on earth? Are you in the Midwest? Are you on the West coast? Like, are you in London? Um, 
you might also identify with your, yeah, your nationality, or you might actually identify as an immigrant if you've traveled to start living in another country. But is that who you are really? I don't know. It's a start. Some people feel a lot of pride for their country or pride for their courage to leave a country. Now, as far as time goes, simple question. How long have you been on the planet? Are you a child, adult, young adult, adult? Sometimes this basic notion helps us understand ourselves because if we feel younger or older than we are, we can actually share that. So it's not uncommon. I've heard this so many times where someone to say, I'm 55, but I'm 35 at heart, you know? So understanding technically how old you are, but how old you feel in your soul can also give you an identity. Like, are you an old soul? Are you, are you more childlike? Like, what is that like for you? So the third part under awareness and space and time of space and time, I also put gender because we're kind of in this more out there zone and gender specifically is a topic for another time. However, the reason I bring it up is because regardless of what gender you identify as, or with, you will have an, a balance in your unique body of masculine energy and feminine energy. energy. So if it feels important to you, um, to, or one of those energies really stands out, feminine or masculine, you might identify as super feminine or strong masculine. Like my fiance and one of my friends, call they call me a bulldog, like super masculine. But I also would say I identify as a girly girl as far as my outward appearance goes. So under space and time, the far out stuff, like what's your energy? Your energy is who you are, how old you are and where you are can help you start with the question. Now, part two or step two, understanding your lifeline. Now, hear me out on this one. If your life was a graph, starting at zero was the day you were born. And on the y-axis, the vertical axis, you're thinking um, these are like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, all the way up to 100. 100 represents like a 100 moment, like best moment ever, right? So let's say you're born, maybe you're a little sick when you're born, your your percentage of, you know, your, your graph might be kind of slow to grow, maybe you're not having the best childhood, I don't know, I'm just making this up. And then when you turn seven, you get a basketball, and you're like, this is the best day of my life. And then you shoot up to 100, and that basketball changed your life. I don't know, again, just making this up. When we look back, if we kind of draw one of these lifelines on a graph, we can sort of see some peaks and valleys. So personally, at a pretty normal, steady, uh, upward slope, if you will, um, nothing too high or too low until um, about freshman year, I got pretty high because I made varsity cheerleading. But after only one year, I was the only cheerleader that had to leave the squad to go to the new high school and be redistrict to um, a place where we there were like no cheerleaders um, that were going to be there. So I had to make a whole new team. So that was a pretty low moment for me. I know it sounds childish, but it's just an example. So then things go up, 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 steadily up. College is awesome. Everything's good. And then I moved to Chicago. I'm loving life. Total 100 moment. And then I have to move to Boston. And it's a zero moment. Like did not want to go, right? So there's this lifeline. And the reason we want to look at our lifeline is to understand the events that we've been through and how we feel about them. Because the term moving to Boston is neutral, right? It could mean the best thing ever to someone else and it meant the worst thing ever for me, right? So perhaps you may identify as a survivor of something that you went through or 
you're struggling right now, so you're at a low point. From our lifeline, we can see what we've been through, what we're capable of overcoming, the joys we've experienced, and the enlightening instances that make us who we are. So we have space and time, awareness of space and time and energy. Number two, understanding your lifeline. Now, number three, we're going to take this another step further, and it is understanding your traumas and the lessons from them. Now, disclaimer, this could be capital T trauma, like serious traumatic event, terrible car accident, death of a parent, um, sexual assault, like really, but also as some people would say, lower case T traumas where like maybe your dad didn't listen to you. Maybe your mom was working too much around your you know, childhood. So things that just don't feel like they went well for you. So it's a very similar vein as the lifeline, but in this step, we go a little bit deeper because Anytime we go through something traumatic, it shifts our energy and perspective like two ton of bricks hitting you. And the impact actually can stick if you don't do the inner work with it, which not many of us do the inner work or go to therapy right away. So with its stickiness, the trauma's stickiness, we can actually start to believe that we are our trauma, which we're not, or that we're handicapped by something that is unchangeable. So to the extent that you can get to know your trauma, its impact, and believe in how you want to change or how you have changed from the impact of the trauma, you will learn more about your soul and its unique mission here. For if there were no purpose, you wouldn't have gone through the trauma to come out stronger. So how have your traumas impacted your life? That is the question. And again, this is not um, this is not light. This is not easy. This is work. And each one of these steps, by the way, could be their own journal entry. So try not to feel super overwhelmed by this. Now, the final step four: How are you? So the question we're answering today, or we're working on, is who are you? And in order to find it, we're going through the exercise of how are you in each life category. So, you know, the age-old question that we tend to keep surface level, how are you? I get it. Sometimes the bus driver doesn't need to know that we're going through a breakup or barely surviving debt or just lost our job and we feel sad. However, when we avoid the question within ourselves, it's only to our detriment. If the question of who you are is hard to answer, start with how you are. Ask yourself. So we're going to start with career. How are you in your career? Are you driven, focused, excited? Many people identify with their career, which is one easy way to make sense of yourself, especially to the world. But read on to um, the next six of these because you will definitely know by the time we're done with this part that you are more than your job. So I will say though, if your passion, like your soul's deepest passion has turned into a business, your career may make up a large sense of who you are as you are serving your soul's purpose through your business every day. So dissect that one a little bit. Like how are you in your career? Are you loving it? Are you thriving? Are you ready to get another one? Um, because that's also a part of who you are. So that question I love answer asking first. Now, number two. There is money. How are you with money? Because there is more to you than money. If you are maybe someone who inherited a lot of money, that's not who you are. 
it's a part of it, but it's not your identity. And if you're someone who is broke right now, that's also not your identity. If you identify that, you will stay broke. So how are you with money? Are you good, bad, or neutral? How and how, this is the powerful part, how you are being with money today doesn't mean it's who you are. But if how you are with money today doesn't feel good, what you decide to be with money in the future and work towards will show you who you are. Because your desires, by the way, are also who you are, not your actual reality. It's what you're striving for, right? So like maybe you're a janitor right now, but who you are is a musician, And you just haven't made your break yet, right? So your desires are also who you are. And that one helps illuminate the fact that money is not who you are, but the relationship you desire with money could be a part of who you are. So moving on to the next part, Uh, family. (laughs) Are you a family guy? Are you at odds with your siblings? Why? That is a clue about who you are today that you might not want to be tomorrow. What you may value, or you may value family regardless of arguments and disagreements. Those of us with strong family ties will actually glean a sense of who we are through the family lens. But even if that's not you, you have a lineage. That is where you come from. That is inextricable. Thus, who you are is partially from your lineage. And the good news is, Aside from that, we are ever-changing. So if you want to be a family guy someday, that is who you are. Your desires are who you are. Partnership also falls into this category. Thus, if you are partnered, you may you may answer that who you are is a married woman or in a partnership. The way in which we communicate or share who we are is how we explain our values. What we're pursuing or passionate about in life, whether that's family, money, or career, we're apt to share about. But who we really are is still more than that. We are everything, really. So the next one is spirituality. What do you believe in? That's also a way to communicate who you are. In fact, for centuries, religion was the way we communicated who we were. Christian? Okay, are you Protestant or Baptist, right? It was like, okay, that's all people cared about. There are um, fewer important details shared except There used to be fewer important details shared except maybe lineage or trade back in the olden days, but today things aren't so black and white. Thus, you can believe what you believe can be as unique to yourself and the world as the DNA in your body, which is pretty liberating. And understanding what you're grounded in, what you believe in, can also, again, just echoing back, be super helpful to know who you are. So, we've got three more. The next one is physical body. And if you were, if you listen to the episode or read the blog, Finding Yourself Through Relationships, you understand that we can actually get to know ourselves better when we look at the relationship we have with our body. For instance, is it a comfortable home? Does it match your soul? Do, do, does it make you feel like you're proud? Um, if it doesn't match your soul, like please do hit me up if you want to do my embodiment coaching because that's the work. Um, it's very deep work and I'm here for you if you need that. Um, but our bodies are not who we are, but how we are doing can impact our bodies and like stress, right? 
impacting ourselves to make us sick. But if we are in bad relationship with our bodies, it can make us feel connected, disconnected from ourselves. If we're really ill, we may start to identify as our illness, which is like identifying as our traumas. It's not really who we are. So we want to get a really healthy relationship with our physical body and at times just check in on how we're doing and understanding that relationship with our bodies. Um, So emotional, mental. Are you an empath? Are you an introvert? Class clown? Um, Our mindset does control our perspective, the lens that we're looking through in our life and our perspective on ourselves, of course. If we how we are emotionally with ourselves and with others is absolutely a part of who we are. Do we cry in front of our friends? Do we share our hopes and dreams? Are we more um, closed off? Are we more of the listener with our friends? Um, Our tenacity, our relentlessness, our heart, it's all a part of what makes us who we are. So um, if you're someone who doesn't really share your emotions or think about them often, I would I would circle back on this one because that can also help you understand who you are. Um, finally, the seventh one of how we are doing is in social slash service slash community. So basically, how are you in groups? That can help you understand who you are. Are you a leader? Are you a helper? Are you an enthusiastic social butterfly? There are actually personality tests. I think I've mentioned them on this podcast before, like the Enneagram test or the human design test or gene keys that some of these are based in astrology actually. And even your birth chart could be helpful if you're into astrology to help us understand how we interact in groups and This is the one category where I would say if you wanted to ask your friends for radical, honest feedback about who you are, it could be helpful. But if you have not done the inner work or the stillness work to look at why uh, or who you are and what you're dealing with on the inside, you might get triggered um, in asking someone to tell you what they think of you. And to be honest, it's not necessary. But when you think about yourself in a group situation, you can glean some insight into who you are. So hope that one is helpful. Now, the good news in all of this is that who you are is totally fluid. As some would say, we're made of star, but stardust when you really think about it. But getting to know our soul often does take a lot of digging, stillness, and either a guide or some time to contemplate. No wonder this is a very hard question, right? So if you take one thing from this podcast today, besides knowing that we are constantly evolving, is that you must give yourself permission to let go of any shame or guilt around who you have been. You have permission to blank slate yourself every day when you wake up. You decide who you are. And I really hope that these steps have helped so, so much. Um, If you're someone like me that loves podcasts but um, kind of registers things more when you read, do check out the blog. I put it in the show notes. Um, You will have an episode from me this Sunday. Um, I'm 99% sure unless there's a weird tech glitch. And then we're going to hit some interviews um, coming up. We have another spiritual guide come on named Michael Angelo, who he's actually a spiritual alchemist, which is so cool. Cannot wait for you guys to hear him. And then we've got one of my dear friends, Megan Hole, coming on to talk a lot about how to get your dream job. And if you hadn't guessed, a lot of it comes from doing this work too, before we can make a big decision, right? On how we're going to spend the bulk of our time um, and why so many of us 
become unhappy from our careers when, when um, you know, because they require us to spend so much of our life doing them. And if they're not aligned, then that's a pretty yucky feeling. So I hope this has been helpful for you guys. If you are interested in doing a consult with me, I am still doing free consultations. I call them clarity consults. I try to give you help and perspective on whatever you're going through. And all you have to do is book it with me. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. And we do save about 15 minutes at the end of the hour to talk about coaching, how it could work for you. Just let me know. Um, You can shoot me an email or use the link in the show notes to connect with me or book a clarity consult. I look forward to hearing from you guys. And if you feel called to review this podcast, that would mean so much to me. So thank you so much for tuning in. Hope this was helpful. And as always, dare to move. Oh,